Archiver is made possible with a grant from Humanities Kansas. Abilene, Kansas, the boyhood home of President Eisenhower. The town welcomes back its distinguished former citizen for a special kind of birthday celebration. Arriving from Schilling Air Force Base by helicopter, the chief executive is greeted by a proud turnout on the grounds of the new Eisenhower Center. He and his party, including his brother Milton, walk through the crowd to the spot where the $3 million Eisenhower Presidential Library is to be built. We start this episode on October 13, 1959, with a Kansas political legend. Already on the 13-acre site of the Eisenhower Museum and the house where he used to live. It's a vigorous way to reach the age of 69, and despite the chilly weather, the president obviously enjoys his day. At that moment, on a chilly afternoon in Abilene, there's a little doubt that Dwight David Eisenhower, already famous around the world as a general before becoming president, was the most important politician to ever come out of Kansas. But a few days later, 87 miles west on U.S. 40, there was no I-70 then, another politician was in front of a much smaller crowd. It was just a four-paragraph filler, really, tucked up into the corner of the classified ad section of the Salina Journal, right next to an ad for a company looking for what they called a poised, mature woman. Dole addresses Lebanon women was the headline, and the journal reported that he told the Smith County Republican Women's Club that the GOP needed them, and they needed the GOP for their family security and peace. Dole was Russell County attorney on October 25, 1959, but he was seriously contemplating a run for Congress in 1960, the first steps on the road to making him the most important politician to ever come out of Kansas. podcast is Archiver, The Man from Russell, Episode 2, Mr. Dole Goes to Washington, me. I'm your host, Sam Zeff. Bob Dole wanted to be a doctor. After playing basketball for Fog Allen at the University of Kansas, his wounds on Hill 914 in Italy during World War II would make sure neither of those happened. So he decided to be a lawyer and a politician. Longtime Dole Press Secretary Walt Riker says that wasn't at all like you or me deciding to go to law school and run for office. He went to Washburn to finish his college degree, which is interrupted from KU and going to war and all that. But they also had a combined program uh, to get a law degree. And when you think about it, too, he was elected to be in this, the state house representatives from, from Russell in the state capital in, in Topeka. Well, he was still rehabilitating still and going to Washburn. Did he had a college degree and a law degree. He couldn't use his right hand. He had to teach himself how to write left-handed. And then he had a, 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 a prototype of, of a tape recorder 
where he would tape record the lectures uh, in the law classes and then go home left-handed and transcribe the lectures. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Who, 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 who had the willpower to do that? To get his one term in the legislature, Dole easily defeated incumbent Democrat Elmo J. Mahoney by 17 percentage points. He then went on to four terms as Russell County attorney, easily winning all of his campaigns. But Bob Dole was ambitious, and by 1954, things were happening in western Kansas politics that made Dole think bigger. Joining me now is archiver historian Virgil Dean. And Virgil, I want to talk about those early Bob Dole years. He's in the legislature briefly, then he's county attorney in Russell uh, Russell County. Uh, And then he decides to run for Congress. And I want you to talk about that first election and the politics around that. Yeah, it's very interesting because uh, Dole, uh, he says himself in his book and other places um, that he hadn't decided, he hadn't really committed to a party until he ran for the first time for the legislature. And I I have no reason to question that. His parents had uh, been registered Democrats since 1932 when they registered to to uh, support uh, a local Democrat, Cliff Holland, uh, for Congress. Uh, he was a Democrat running for the congressional uh, nomination in 1932, the New Deal year. Uh, didn't win, uh, but uh, they stayed registered Democrats. And so Dole, when he begins to look at politics uh, to begin with, he looks around to talking to some of the people in Russell County and they encourage him, and ultimately he, of course, decides to run as a, a Republican, if for no other reason than there were more Republicans in Russell County, as he was reminded, than there were Democrats, although it was a pretty evenly divided place. You, right. know, you could did. go either way. I wanted to just explore that just for a second uh, and say the fact that there was registered Democrats in western Kansas wasn't an oddity. No, it wasn't, and also I don't think it was as—they may have been— registered Democrats or registered Republicans, but it wasn't unusual for them to go back and forth either. So one could be arguably successful either way. But um, but it was pretty clear, I think, early on for Dole that uh, he was going Republican at the time when he could still be a moderate Republican or a conservative Republican. And he had uh, individuals who were pr- trying to influence him both ways. Uh, John Wolk, who uh, was a, the county attorney before Dole was elected to that office in Russell County in 1952 was an influence on the kind of the moderate to lift side. But then there was a there was the uh, Wint Smith faction, which uh, Wint Smith was the congressman from the from the 6th Congressional District uh, in the 1950s. And uh, Dole became uh, quite friendly with uh, Wint throughout that time, his time as county attorney. They were in frequent contact uh, both physically and in correspondence, he uh, ended up uh, ga- gaining favor with with Went and essentially becoming a kind of anointed to be his successor. But Dole, uh, once Dole decided to to run, he uh, got into the race full bore and uh, went for it. Just a note of political geography here: you referred to the sixth. Uh, congressional district in Kansas. There were there was a time there were six congressional districts uh, in Kansas. It would drop to five, mm-hmm. uh, and Dole would ascent, would uh, eventually end up representing the first congressional district, the big first we call it now, uh, and now of course four congressional mm-hmm. districts in Kansas. I want to talk about 
Wint Smith some more. Am I hearing you say that it was Wint Smith that pushed Dole to the right a little bit? I think so. I, I, I don't know that Dole's ideology was very well set until he enters the Congress, uh, enters the House of Representatives in 1960. Uh, but certainly uh, Smith, who had been representing the the 6th District, which was northwest Kansas, for, uh, tw- I think, 12 years by 1960. I think he was, I think he had six terms, was to the right of most people <laughs> and was quick to admit it. Uh, he was very critical during much of the 50s of the Eisenhower administration because he thought Eisenhower was too much like Truman and, and even Roosevelt in terms of carrying on some of the New Deal policies that had become very popular at that time. So he talked about Republicans being more too much of a Me Too party, arguing that they weren't going to get rid of these programs that were so popular, like Social Security, uh, other kinds of benefit programs, but they could do a better job administering them. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't good for Smith. He wanted the party to be more uh, pure in terms of, of its uh, anti, essentially anti-government, uh, smaller government, less, inter- less federal interference. Uh, and that was the direction that certainly that Dole moved. The 1960 Republican primary was a bitter three-way contest. In the race with Dole was Keith Sebelius, future father-in-law of Kathleen, who would be elected the Democratic governor of Kansas in 2002, and someone who felt he was the heir apparent to the seat. Sebelius would finally win the seat eight years later. And Philip J. Doyle, a farmer and state senator. Here's how the Salina Journal described the last debate in its July 31st edition, just three days before the primary. All played a game of catch with hot bricks as they strive for the electorate's love, prejudice, and votes in Tuesday's primary. Purple prose? Sure, but accurate. Someone started a rumor that Doyle was dropping out before the primary. Sibelius charged Dole was in the pocket of big oil. Dole called the accusations a sham. In the end, Dole squeaked by Sibelius by 982 votes. But in the general, Dole breezed by his Democratic opponent with 60% of the vote. Bob Dole was going to Washington. Congressman Bob Dole in my first of a series of weekly radio broadcasts, which we will conduct every week during the 88th Congress. I want to say, first of all, that I deeply appreciate uh, this station carrying my weekly broadcast as a public service. In our big first district, we have some, some 22 stations be carrying our regular weekly program. At a time when it was way more difficult to communicate with the folks back home, Dole did a weekly radio broadcast for stations in Kansas. He was on the Agriculture Committee, and he talked a lot about those issues. But he wasted little time attacking the new Kennedy administration on everything from farm policy to government spending. I thought I might talk very briefly about the request to raise a national debt ceiling from the present $308 billion to some $320 billion. Let me state simply that I think this will run into uh, extreme difficulty this year because many Republicans and many Democrats are not in the least bit happy because the administration has made no effort to hold down spending. We talk about tax cuts, we talk about deficits, and the administration comes forth 
nearly every week with some new program that will cost millions and millions of dollars. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And send your comments and your suggestions and your criticisms to Congressman Bob Dole, House Office Building, Washington, D.C. And Dole had a knack for sniffing out political controversies that boosted his national profile. In the town of Pegasus, Texas, down the road about half a mile, there once lived a Texas tycoon by the name of Billy Sile. Bob Dole finds a national issue to exploit while in the House because the man from Russell had big ambitions, but not before creating a little controversy himself over civil rights. That's in our next episode of Archiver, The Man from Russell. Before he reached the age of 20, Billy's wealth began to grow. Billy saw what filled an empire, and he didn't intend to build it slow. He started dealing in the cotton, cotton. and the money came a rolling in. Everybody that was somebody, somebody soon became Billy Siles' friend. friend. Archiver is produced by Virgil Dean and Scott Richardson in the studios of KCUR 89.3 in Kansas City. Archiver is made possible with a grant from Humanities Kansas and is a production of Do Good Productions, where Gene Johnson is executive producer. My thanks to the staff at the Dole Institute at the University of Kansas. I'm Sam Zeff. And I'll see you on the next archive. On ammonia tanks that weren't even there. All the folks that he had sweet talk began to say he didn't treat them fair. Now the empire has started.